Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Outstanding. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. You know, um, and we encourage uh, our young people to come and share and kind of develop a foundation for sharing God's word and what God is doing in their lives. And as God is building them and speaking through them, uh, he is rebuilding. And, um, and so it, it uh, not only gives them an opportunity to develop in, uh, in speaking and, and preaching and sharing, uh, but sometimes the unintended deep things come out, but it's healing. It is healing to be able to confront issues and allow those issues to be exposed and dealt with, and it makes you a stronger person. Amen. So, amen. Make sure when you see Joy, uh, give her some love. Amen. Thank her for her word. It was awesome. Awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, beginning in verse 28. Uh, yeah, I'll read a couple of verses here. I'm trying to explain this, this story to you this morning. It says this, and I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. It says, what do you think? This is Jesus speaking. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But he later changed his mind and went. The father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that through these words, you would speak to us. Help us to understand the condition that brought these words out what prompted you to tell this story in the first place and what you were trying to say about me and about us this morning. So I just ask your anointing, your presence, um, that you would be with us this morning. In Jesus' name, and God's people say, amen, amen. amen. You know, this, uh, this story, uh, it kind of emerged out of a situation. There were some people that confronted Jesus, and Jesus was always confronted. You'll be confronted. When you take a stand for the Lord, people will confront you. Whomever they may be, they may confront you, challenge you. Jesus was challenged. And they came to him and they said, man, you, you, you know, you're going around, you're doing things, saying things, uh, you know, healing and, and causing up uh, this, causing this big stir up in, in the city. Uh, by what authority are you doing these things? And they asked that question, and, and who gave you that authority to do what you're doing? And so Jesus kind of changed it. He says, well, I'll ask you a question. And if you can answer my question, I'll tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. So he says, John and his baptism, whose authority do you think he comes with? Is this something that was given to him by heaven, by God himself? Or is it something that was invented by man? And so they thought about it and they thought about it. And they said, well, if we say from heaven, then they'll say, he'll, he'll say, well, why didn't you believe him? But if we say that it's just a, a, a human thing a, and he's doing this all on his own, then all the people believe that John was a prophet 
So rather than trying to find the right answer, they simply thought, uh, let's just say we don't know. Let's not answer the question at all. And so they went to Jesus and they said, you know, we don't know. And then Jesus says, well, I'm not going to tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. But he tells them anyway. And he tells them in the form of this story. So, so let me just kind of tell this story and what this story is saying and see if we can get at what Jesus is trying to say here. Jesus tells a story about a father who owned a vineyard and he had a couple of sons and he asked them to help him. Now, now the fin this vineyard was a family affair, like a family business. It supported the family, run by the father. And the father expected the sons to help. And that's just what you would expect, especially in those times. In those times, as a young person, you just didn't go out and get a job at 7-Eleven or, you know, Target. For those that work at Target, you know, that's a good thing. But you don't just go out and get a job somewhere. You work with your family. You work on the farm. It was, a, it was an agricultural society. It was a society that did not, it wasn't based on economy. You didn't go out and make money and then go to the store to buy what you needed. You raised what you needed. And so he had a farm and it was a means of their survival. You know, if you don't produce, you don't survive. And clearly, it must have been time for the harvest here in this story because the father asked the first son, go and work in the vineyard today. Today, I need you today. Go out and work. Help me in the vineyard today. The father had no reason to think that the son would refuse that request. Go out today and help me in the vineyard. The son's future was tied to the success of the vineyard. The family's future was tied to the success of the vineyard. Not only that, sons were expected to obey their parents all the time. There was never a time, never a moment where a son would say to his father, I will not do what you're asking me to do. As it simply did not exist in this society, in this culture. They were expected to obey, obey at all times. And so for a son to flat out say no to his father was not only unheard of, but when it happened, there were se severe repercussions in that society. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 16, it says, cursed is the man who dishonors his father or mother. Cursed. The fifth commandment out of the Ten Commandments, the fifth one says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long and the Lord in the land that the Lord has given you. God expected it. In that society, everyone expected it. In those days, openly rebellious sons were stoned to death. If you were openly rebellious, openly defying your parents, when your parents gave you instructions, orders, or direction, and you openly defied them, and you were not easily corrected, they would take you out and stone you to death. That's pretty heavy. That is heavy. When I was a kid, I had to go out and pick my own switches, you know, when I was disobedient. Go out and pick a good one, you know. I, I can't imagine a, a parent saying, go, go gather some stones, because you know it's about to happen, right? <laughs> I can't imagine that. But this was blatant disrespect to his father, right? 
When the first son said no to his father, immediately he publicized his own wickedness. Immediately he's saying to that society, to his father and, and others in his society that he was rebellious, that he was disobedient, insubordinate, unruly, that he had his own mind, his own direction. He was disloyal, contrary, unmanageable to his father, defiant with his father, stubborn, lazy. And you could put whatever other words you want to put in there because that is what he was publicizing to his community. This was a big deal. It was a big deal for Jesus to tell this story. But Jesus says that that son later changed his mind. He said no to his father. No, flat out. That, that was a huge response. But at some point, he must have thought about it. At some point, it must have even bothered him the way he spoke to his father. How he let his father down. It must not have sat well with him as time went on. As he said no to his father and walked away, it probably immediately began to like, you know, deal with him on the inside. Man, what did I do? What did I say? What was I thinking? So he changed his mind, according to Jesus. Changing your mind means asking yourself questions, then answering those questions by correcting yourself. It's asking, did I do the right thing? And you're asking yourself questions, did I do the right, should I have chosen this instead of that? What did I choose this for? What were the reasons? And then we make corrections to fix the decision we made formally. If anyone is ever going to change their mind, this is the best way to do it, the way that this son did it from a bad decision to a good decision, from a bad situation to a good situation. That's the best process, that's the best way to go. From bad to good, to change your mind never happens automatically, but after thinking about the decision you made. It's after you think about it at some point that you come to the, the decision to say, you know what, man, I made a bad mistake, let me fix this. So after reviewing all of his possibilities, after questioning, what in the world was I thinking? What did I do? What did I say? Now, he says, you know what, man, I need to go back. I need to change my mind. And so the father, having gone to each of these sons individually, the first one says, I will not change his mind. But then he goes to the second son. He goes to the second son. son. I need you. The Bible says he says the same thing to him. I need you to work in the vineyard today. And the second son says, I will. You can count on me. I am there. I'm with you. But at some point, he changed his mind as well because he never showed up. He was never there. Never went. He second-guessed what he knew what was right. He knew it was the right thing to help his father. He knew that it was the right thing to help with the family vineyard. And he thought it through. 
He began to prioritize and think about all the other things that he could do, reorganizing his priority. He probably philosophized, you know, the best thing for me to do as a young man is to pursue my own dream. And he's probably thinking about all kinds of things, predicting what he ought to do, assuming the best steps in his life, assessing everything. Some might call it cognitive flexibility that my mind isn't easily made up, that my mind is not set in concrete, that I can change my mind whenever I want, whenever I need to. I'm my own person. So he changed his mind as well. He might have come across some opportunities that he was unaware of at the time that he made his commitment to his father. Yeah, I'll go. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, let's, let's go down to such and such a play. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Man, you know, I, I'm not going to go out into the vineyard today. I'll go next week, right? And somehow he decided that the other thing provides time better spent, that this new opportunity is where I should be. And so he forsook his father. Or maybe some time passed and he felt differently about things. Sometimes time does that to us. Time goes by, and then we don't feel as strongly about something as we did earlier, or yesterday, or a year ago. I don't know what it was. We, we're not told what it was, but he changed his mind as well. He made a commitment to his father and changed his mind. And although he assured his father that he would work in the vineyard, he never got around to it. Pops may have been out there in the vineyard laboring, Laboring, man, just thinking about that first son, just flat out said no to me. And he's out there working in the vineyard and he keeps looking up. Where's that second son? My second, I can, I can count on him. He will be here, man. He, like, man, he is like, you know, as, as, you know, as sure as the sun rises, I'm sure he'll be here. Where's he at? You know, and he's looking around, working. Half the field is done. Three quarters of the field is done. And where is my second son? He's laboring, looking, watching, and waiting, assuring himself that at any time now, son number two is going to show up. Because son number two promised. And he won't go back on his promise. And you may notice that there are no other sons in his family that didn't change their mind. Both of them changed their mind. Everybody made a commitment one way or the other. Verbally, the one who said verbally, man, I'm faithful, I'm with you, never showed up. But the other one, the rebellious, the uncommitted, the selfish son, the selfish one that said no to his father at first surprised his father when eventually here he comes over the horizon into the vineyard to help his father unexpectedly unexpectedly. So Jesus commends the man who changed his mind. He commends him. The man who starts out on the wrong foot. Jesus says good things about people who start off on the wrong foot, who start off in the wrong direction, who, whose lives are aimed in the wrong way, in the wrong place, and they change their mind. He speaks well of people. He commends the man or the woman who after time goes by, they think about the direction of their lives and change it and fix it. 
The one who shows up unexpectedly, who says no to God in the beginning, but makes some changes in their lives. He commends that person. Those that made wrong choices in the past, who said no to all the people they should have said yes to. He commends the person and speaks well of that person who after time goes by, and it may have been a short time or a long time, but after time goes by, at some point later in life, they change their minds. The man or the woman who rethinks the direction that they've been walking in, that path that they've been walking in, the man or the woman who realizes that it's time to go back. It's time to go back and serve God. It's time to redirect the path that I'm on. The path that I'm on is not good. Man, I've publicized my rebellion to God. I've publicized the fact that I am not faithful to God, but I've changed my mind. He commends that person. He speaks well of that person. Praise God for the man or the woman who changes their mind to do what the Father wants them to do. Because there's a lot of people that make good promises that are verbally faithful to God, verbally says yes to God with words and never show up. Praise God for the one who, even though they may have said no in the face of God, show up. They're there, faithful, from no to yes, from I will not to I will, from selfishness to obedience, from sin to righteousness, right? That's the background of the story. The background is that, hey, Jesus, what, who, who gave you the authority to come and, and teach and to do the things that you're doing? He says, well, let me tell you about John the Baptist. Tell me, you know, is he from heaven or from God? Whose authority did he come in? And because they didn't answer him, he says, well, I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm gonna tell you anyway, because John the Baptist came to invite you to the vineyard. John the Baptist came to tell you what is right, what God expected of you. But you didn't, you, you didn't listen to him, you, didn't, you, you refused him. You said, you said to him, you know what, we're already doing the will of God. We're already serving God by what we're doing. But then he goes on and says, you know what, but the, the, the prostitutes and the tax collectors, man, they're entering into the kingdom ahead of you. The people whose lifestyles said no to God. The people whose lifestyles said no is a flat out public uh, disrespect to God. They have turned their lives around and are working in the vineyard. He says, so he says, man, you know, uh, I don't need to tell you by whose authority. You just look at what's happening around you. Those whose lifestyle said no have changed their mind. So the son speaks well here in this story of the son who listened to the father. I wonder how many of us have struggled saying yes to God. You know, as, I, as I was reading this, you know, I was thinking, man, I, how often have we said no to God and we struggle to say yes? I wonder how many of us are still hesitant to go out into the vineyard where God is calling us, inviting us to work with him in his vineyard and we said no. We said no to God with words. We said no in his face. It said no to God. We said, you know what, man, God, you know, uh, you know, uh, I got other things that I need to be doing. I got other ways to, to spend my time. I've got other things that are priorities in my life right now. And we've said no openly, defiantly in the face of God. I wonder how many of us he's asked to serve him deeper, to go a little deeper, to 
take a step of faith and to walk with him a little deeper. And at some point you said no, no to, to prayer, no to discipleship, no to service. No, I'm not, I'm not going to commit a night to my, of my life to, to serve in some way, a, a day to serve. And, and we said no to God in his face. Serving God may not have been at the top of my priority list. And we say no to him. It may have seemed like something that, you know, maybe I, I can't do what he's asking me to do. Whatever it may have been. But since then, perhaps, perhaps you changed your mind. Jesus speaks well of those who change their minds. And the Father who at this very moment is working in the world, the Father who right now, this very moment, is working in the church, and he's working among your family and your friends, waiting for the one who promised to go and never show up. And here you come, having changed your mind. You know, sometimes there are family members that I love. I have family members I love that may not be reached because somebody said yes and never showed up. There are people that you may know and love that are not reached because the people that said they would go never show up. Thank God for the people who have changed their minds, who may at one point have said no to God through their lifestyle or no to God because just flat out, no, I'm not gonna go. No, I'm not gonna serve. No, I'm not gonna go to the altar. I'm not gonna surrender. I'm, I'm gonna hold on to what I'm doing, to who I am. And at some point, change their mind. And God, the Father, who is out in the field waiting for the one who made all kinds of promises, who are, are verbally faithful, but never show up. They never show up, and he's there working in the vein. And then here you come, having changed your mind. There are a lot of sons today, like the second son. A lot of sons today that'll say yes to the work. The work is important. They'll say yes, the Bible is true. Yes, you can count on me. I'll, I'm there with you, Father, I'm there. You can count on me. Just go on, I'll, I'll meet you in the vineyard. I'll meet you, Father. I'll be there. You can count on me. Verbal commitments. And after convincing the Father that he can be counted on, that I can be counted, you can trust me, you can count on me, I'll show up. After convincing the Father, they're never there. But when it comes time to meet up in the vineyard, you know, who shows up? It's the one who changes his mind. If you have the power to change your mind this morning, you have the power to change the whole trajectory of your life. You can meet up with those that God is already at work in, the lives of, that, of those people who are, he's already at work in their lives. You can show up and enter into that conversation. You can show up and enter into the work of God in the vineyard, wherever that vineyard may be. The vineyard might be on your job. It may be among your family, at home. It may, who knows where that vineyard is? It could be right here in the church, right here in the city. But God is at work waiting for those who will change their mind to show up because the other son isn't there. Who is going to work with the father? Can you say yes to the father this morning and follow through? Amen. God is asking us to do something. And I don't know what it is for you. I, I can only tell you, sometimes I don't even know what it is for me, you know. But God is telling us to do something. God is inviting us to join him in his work. 
God is requesting us to, to meet him in the vineyard, to go to work with us today out in the vineyard. And whatever it may be for you, whatever it may be, we can say yes to the Father and follow through. And if you've said no in the past, today is the day to say, you know what, man, I'm going to change my mind. In the past, my lifestyle has said no to God in his face. In the past, my lifestyle has not been consistent with what God has expected of me. You know? But today, but today, I'm going to change my mind. You know, you do, um, what you do says a whole lot more about, about what you believe than what you say. Because we can say a lot of things, but, but it's what we do that really tells the truth about who we are and where our commitments are. And if you can imagine this story from the perspective of the father whose future depends on the work they do in the vineyard. And the future of his family, he's concerned about his sons, his family, depends on what happens in the vineyard. And one of them, oh man, what a blow to the father's heart. No, I'm not gonna go, I'm not with you, dad. I'm not with you. I'm not gonna go, I'm gonna do my own thing. And, and uh, he just kinda takes off. He goes to the second son, father, I am with you but never show, double blow to the father, double blow. But the first one changes his mind. This is what Jesus was saying, man, the prostitutes and the tax collector, the people you would never think would show up that would roll up their sleeves to do the work of God. The people you would never, the people who have publicized their rebellion to God have changed their mind. That's what Victory Outreach is about, man. We're about, we're about people who have changed their minds, who have turned things around, who have said yes to the Father at some subsequent point in their lives, who have said, man, I've wasted enough time in the past. I've wasted enough time in the world. Now it is time to serve the Father. And if that's you this morning, if that's you, the Father is calling you to change your mind, to make it good by what you do. I, I want you to stand with me this morning. He says, which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness. And you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Father God, I pray this morning, Lord God, that, that you would give us the patience for those of us who have said no, that you would give us the patience, my God, to change our minds. Father God, you have waited for some. You have called us, and you have waited for that commitment. You have waited, Father God, for that decision all to you, to meet you in the vineyard. 
as you've waited for us, my God, longing for our, our commitment to you, longing for our love to you, Lord God. And I pray this morning, Father God, that we be the kind of people that say yes to you, yes to the Father, yes to you, my God, yes to your promises, yes to the work, Lord God, because the work is not going just one way. Father God, the sons, they reap the benefits of their own vineyard. The sons reap the benefit of the work that they do in the vineyard. It is, it is not, my God, a, that we lose out on the benefit of working with you, of serving you. It is their future at stake. And so I pray this morning, Lord God, for those of us who wrestle with how we prioritize our time and how we give of our lives. I pray, Father God, for your anointing upon us. I pray, Father God, your peace. I pray, Father God, for those of us who have said no, my God, that today be the day that we change our minds, that we say to you, yes, yes, Father, that we show up, my God, in your presence, show up, my God, with you in the vineyard, that we roll up our sleeves and say yes to the Father this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know what it may be for you this morning. But I know that, man, we, we need better fathers and better mothers. We need better examples and disciples. We need teachers, evangelists. We need, man, there, oh, there's so many needs that we have as, the, as, the, as kingdom people, as believers, as a church. We need people to rise up, people that give, people that serve, people that greet others, people that encourage and counsel. We need people that will do the technical things that we need as a church. We need people that will rise up, that will be a, a, an admonishment to others, that, that will listen, that will serve, that will speak into the lives of other people. We need tutors. We need people that will rise up in certain ways, that will go into the community, that will that will go into the government, that will go into, into the world and, and transform the world, missionaries and, and evangelists. We need people that will rise up, that, that will teach God's word in a way that, that comes alive for those that hear it. We need fathers and mothers that will transform the lives of their children, that will plant seeds of the gospel that will never die. We need examples, we need models, we need mentors. We need people to say yes to God and follow through. Oh, it is not time to say no. We need people to say yes. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to come. Come to the altar. Oh, oh, make up your mind this morning to serve him. Make up your mind to meet him in the vineyard. Make up your mind to be present with God. Oh, there are family members that count on it. Oh, the lost count on it. Oh, my God, I pray this morning. I pray, Father, your anointing upon us, my God. Patience with us. Those of us, my God, who have refused to serve and refused to, to surrender all, that today be the day that we surrender, that we give it up, that we say yes to the Father, yes to the Father. Hallelujah. Move in our lives this morning. My prayer, Lord God, is upon the Father, upon the Mother. My prayer, my God, is upon those, my God, who desire to serve you, 
my God, at a greater capacity. I pray for teachers, my God. I pray for leaders. I pray for those, my God, with a compassion, a compassion for the lost. Those, my God, who will go into the convalescent homes. Those that will go into the prisons, my God. Those that will go, my God, into our community that will teach your word, preach your word. Missionaries and counselors, my God. Encouragers, Lord God. Oh, my God, I pray for those nursery workers, my God. Worshippers, my God. Musicians and singers, my God. I pray, Father God, that you would raise them up right here in our church. Raise them up, my God. Men and women that say yes to you. 